0: What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? My future isn't determined by where I currently reside. Understanding your worth will put pride in your stride. I'm accountable to my call. There's no compromise. I set my own bar, and you better know it's set high. It's giving what it's supposed to gain. Ooh, stop playing with them. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of It's a Perspective. It's your girl, Dashari, and I'm glad you're back. Today, we have a special guest. She is a woman who makes tech easier for us all. With two engineering degrees from FAMU and UPenn, she's a former system engineer turned media personality. From Fox 29 Philly, Cheddar TV Network, and currently a technology contributor to ABC News, where she appears regularly on Good Morning America and GMA3 what you need to know. She possesses the ability to help individuals understand technology, helping people become better digital c- citizens through Till Death Do You Tweet, and breaking down everything tech life through her 60-second tech breaks. Miss Humphrey is also an author of her book titled, Don't Let Your Digital Footprint Kick You in the Butt. And recently, TEDx speaker. She is taking the mystery out of tech and making it relatable. And may I add an all-around dope individual. Please welcome oh. Ms. Stephanie Humphrey.
1: Yay! So happy, happy to be here. And thank you for that lovely introduction. That was wonderful. Most definitely. Most
0: definitely. How are you today?
1: I am good. My tooth is better. Uh, yes. I know we had a little issue with our original uh, record date. It, it turns out I am going to need a night guard that I will okay. have to wear um, as I sleep, which is going to suck, but I'd like <laughs> to keep my teeth. So right, 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 <laughs> right. Know, we got to do what we got to do. Listen, well, that
0: is great, and I'm glad it's all better. Listen, let's go ahead and get into the fans' favorite part of the show. It's called That's My Jam. This is a segment of the show where you can play a mantra or a song you can't resist jamming, dancing, or singing to. So what you got for us?
1: We got Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sort of representing Philly, yes. but also this is in my workout playlist, and it never, you know, you no, know, get me hyped to do that last rep so gotta go with me yes ma'am
0: yes ma'am all right let's get into
1: it ah. hold on, wait a minute, minute. Y'all thought I was finished oh, when I a ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was yeah. on so like on
0: yo that's what's up I love dreams and nightmares he said hold on wait a minute y'all thought right. i was finished.
1: Right when I bought that ass and Martin, y'all thought it was rented. Yeah, I spent on these. I'm like Popeye on my spinach. Listen, yes. I have yes. a story, I have to tell you my story about, about Meek Mill. So, um, Philadelphia has this, uh annual conference called BPHL. And it, and it's, it's trying to sort of, it feels like anyway, it's trying to sort of be like South by Southwest okay, a little okay. bit. It uh-huh. has a very South by Southwest feel like the last time we were able to have it in person in the city, like Tracy Ellis Ross was there wow. um, as, as an interview. Um, and, and, but then there's like tech and then there's innovation and then there's, you know, um, actually an astronaut, an African-American astronaut that is from Philadelphia. What? Oh my God. Um, Oh my god his name I'm going to feel so bad now that I his <laughs> name is just it's right on the tip of my tongue. What is that brother's name? I have a picture with him. Um but there's a, he's a, he's an older um African American astronaut. He was uh-huh. from Philly. He was there. So it was just a whole mix of just like South by, you know, arts, entertainment, technology, design, that whole thing. So it's like a multi-day uh, you know, festival celebration of all of those things in Philadelphia. And um Michael Ru who I believe is like part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh-huh. you know, he owns a few businesses. He's a, I think he has finally reached billionaire status at this point. Right. Um, he has an organization <laughs> called Reform that he runs or started with Jay-Z. And I believe Meek Mill is a spokesperson, and wow. it's for all it's all about prison reform and, and getting uh-huh. rid of cash bail and different stuff like that. Right. Um, and he and Meek were supposed to be the opening fireside chat for this BPHL conference in 2019. Okay. Um, and they were going to sit and have this conversation. And an organization that I sit on the board of was the sponsor organization for that particular event. So like each little interview or event was sponsored by a different organization, A board, uh, uh, an organization I was on the board of sponsored that particular fireside chat. And at the last minute, Me couldn't make it. So I was asked, as the only media personality on the board, to step in and do the interview with Michael Rubin. Okay. Again, first first thing out the gate, kicking off the whole conference, you know, first day, 8 a.m., the whole nine. Listen, Um, that's exciting. That's exciting. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, let's do it, you know? But when I get there, it just kind of took over, you know, (laughs) hip hop kind of took over. And I said, you know what, before we get started, in the spirit of Meek, since he can't be here, right. I just want to say this: I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this because I had to shout like yes. that, the ground like that. Yo, I did like the first sixteen of, uh-huh. of dreams and nightmares, and I mean, when I tell you, the crowd crazy, crazy, man, crazy, crazy. that is crazy. They good. are still talking about that to this day. Yes. I, I just like said, I just got inspired. I was like, it's Meek, it's dreams and nightmares. Like we gotta, we gotta show some
0: love. Man, that is what's up. Listen, that always gets the crowd going. It
1: I'm telling you. It always
0: does. Yes. That is so good. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Who is yes. Stephanie Humphrey?
1: Whew. That's a great question. I, I think I'm just a a girl that loves to know how things work. I mean, I've always just been that person that was focused on the how, I mean, okay. the, the whys of things, you know, kind of get very philosophical, um, you know, I, I really want to know how things work. I've always wanted to know how things work. So, you know, that curiosity, I'm just, I'm just a very curious person. And um, it's led me down a lot of different paths, you know, it's it's led me to ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, I think the the same questions that, you know, I ask myself or ask in my head a lot mm-hmm. of people have as well. So I think that's where, you know, I fit into sort of this tech ecosystem um just as that conduit, I think, you know, as that okay. as that servant, because it's it's so easy to get overwhelmed, um, with everything that's happening in our, in our culture, in our society, you know, technologically, it's, it's a lot because it's something every day and it's, it's something different every day. And it's it's very easy to get overwhelmed with, with where you fit Mm -hmm. into this, into this conversation. Um, so I kind of look at myself as just that, um, that conduit, if you will, that, that, that connects you to, what you need to know um, about technology in, in our society. Man,
0: that's great. That is so good. Listen, I have to add, going back to the, the rap culture, I can see the characters right behind you. I was like, <laughs> yes, look at those characters. I can see, what's that? Run DMC, Black Panther. Yeah,
1: we got um, Salt and Pepper is on the ledge above <laughs> them. And then my Black Panther collection is above that. That's my all-Black shelf, though. All-Black everything.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That is so good. And I love that you are the connection and the bridge between tech and uh, those of us who may not understand what mm-hmm. or the validity of what tech technology is. Um. So let's start at the beginning. When did you realize as a Black woman you wanted to be an engineer? Because let's be honest, this is a male-dominated field
1: it is it is and and not just male white male
0: um
1: i think it it had always been my intention to do something math or science related. I mean, I was just the smart kid that you know made straight A's and was good in math and science. And you know, again, it just goes back to that idea of of problem solving. Like I've always been a problem solver. You know, I I won't stop until I figure out how something works or get the answer or or, or put something together. Like my, you know, I, I like I like putting together IKEA furniture for fun. Like I, like that's the <laughs> right, kind of thing I right, like. Right. I'm like I love this stuff. (laughs) Um, so it's just it it that's always been who I am at my core, just someone who likes to figure things out. And so it was just sort of understood that I would go into a career that allowed me to do that um and and paid me well (laughs) at the same time. So um, so yeah, I got an academic scholarship to Florida AM University and um that was, that was pretty much it. I, it's funny. I initially, uh, was supposed to, I, I thought I was going to be a computer science major. Okay, And you know, when I, when I visited the school in my senior year of high school, you know, I went to the computer science department, talked to the head of the department. I said, I'll see you in the fall. And, and when I got there, um, I was informed that my scholarship was only for engineering majors, wow. so it was like, well, what am I? What am I going to do? And um, yeah. so I was like, well, electrical engineering is similar enough to mm-hmm. computer science, even though it's not. <laughs> and and but I figured I could do that. Um, because most of the core courses were the same, you know what I mean? So everything I was already registered for, for that semester, I could just keep. Um, And then I figured I might pick up a computer, a coding class or two, you know, and maybe minor in computer science. But, you know, with 148 credit hours required for graduation, there was no room for a minor. And and as I got more into my engineering courses, you know, I, I loved that. Just as much as I think I would have loved um, computer science, so um, and I, and I got you know plenty of opportunities to code once I graduated and things like that. So I don't know necessarily that I missed anything. I think when I look at sort of the trajectory of my life, it would have probably been different. I think I probably would be running a startup at this point had I stayed in computer science at that time um I think you know I would have I would have been one of those early internet startup folks you know back in the day or something like that um as opposed to you know being in the media and and doing the things I'm doing now but you know I'm I'm pretty happy with the way it all turned out
0: that's so good that is so good and I, I just think that it's so amazing that you went to an HBCU. I am in an HBCU right now currently. So I think that is amazing. Um, so what roadblocks did you experience in engineering and navigating those? How did this help you as you progress through your career?
1: Um, It was honestly being at an HBCU removed i think a lot of the roadblocks i might have faced um as an undergrad um because you didn't have to deal with you know a bunch of white people in your class thinking that you weren't as smart as them or you know a bunch of white prof i mean we had white professors don't get me wrong but but to have that other support system um, you know, on your campus, because I went to Florida A&M. And, and if you don't know, our College of Engineering is shared with Florida State. So it's okay. the FAMU FSU College of Engineering. Okay. And, you know, with with it being a joint school, it's not on either campus. So it's in, I guess, just a neutral location. You know, it stands sort of by itself as a building and and students come to that building. So, you know, you did have a little bit of that once you got into that building but you had enough of your classmates and your friends there um i'm not sure what sort of the ratio was with with famu versus fsu students um i don't know what it was when i was there and i'm not sure what it is now but but you felt like you had enough of your you know tribe and your allies there with you um and then they were they were as intentional as they could be i think about hiring African American professors as well. I, okay. I do know that it was uh, you know, a fairly challenging um thing for them to to get folks to come there. But when they could, you know, you know, we did have that example to see, to look at, and and those people to go to when, when things were tough and we needed help. And and again, if if it got too bad, you know, we were all we you could always just go back to campus and yeah. and talk to the people there and, and vibe with the people there and sort of be recharged by the energy on your campus um, to go back and face, you know, those kind of things. Now, now, grad school was was a little different story. Um, that was that was tough. It was it was very tough just because I was working full time um, by then. So the idea that I'd be doing 40 plus hours a week and then studying and then doing homework and then, and then dealing with racism and dealing with, you know, students that didn't want to be in your group project and, and stuff like that. Um, so, so that was definitely, um, definitely a challenge, but I think, you know, you, you, we're we're black in america we we yeah. know we just kind of have to push through um you know you you find those folks that that can help you i there was just one guy that i'm still friends with to this day the only other black guy You're black right. person in my program at the time you know we we held hands and 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 made it through you know the struggle and you know so pen had a pen had a um uh kind of a office for black students black graduate students and and things like that so you you take advantage of what's there and what's available um but then you have to you know be intentional about finding like-minded individuals and 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 finding that tribe and and you just push through you just persevere you you pray a lot and and you just persevere
0: Man, that is so good and so right, may I add, as a college student, pray and you'll make it through. A lot
1: of prayer, a lot of prayer.
0: So you stated, quote, where's all the hoopla for the ones who may have taken a more traditional path, earning STEM degrees and taking roles at more orthodox companies, but still want to grow, advance and maybe even go viral in their careers, end quote. I believe this question is so important because many in the STEM field feel tied to tradition, um, yep. the tradition of being conventional and secure.
1: Um, mm-hmm. How
0: how can they feel or be celebrated, or maybe even go viral in their career?
1: I think you have to be. You have to be intentional about being visible. You have to be vocal. Um, I think as engineers, yeah. especially, um, and 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 other STEM professionals, especially if you work in a lab and you're doing research, you're kind of in your little silo and yeah. your little cave, and you don't necessarily take the opportunities um, that you can to 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 put yourself out there. And 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 traditionally too, you know, if we're if we're keeping it all away a hundred, you uh-huh. know, STEM professionals tend to be a bit introverted. They tend to be a little less, you know, outwardly expressive. Right. I, I'm not sure how I made it into this, this, you know, into this space. Um, but, but I kind of am, I, 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 call myself an extroverted introvert. So, right. you know, I can kind of <laughs> turn it on when I need to, but then I got to retreat into my little shell and, and recharge. But, you know, so, so you have all of those things sort of working against you, mm-hmm. um, in this space, but, but you have to fight against those things and, and, and look for opportunities, especially now where, you know, the idea of of branding and personal branding is so prevalent and so important to, right. to everybody's careers. You really can't afford to just sit back in in your comfortable, you know, cubicle or lab or, you know, office and, and think that that's going to be enough to sort of get you to that next level. Now, if you're not looking to get to the next level, then you're probably okay. Right. But if you do want, you know, recognition and, and and promotion and, and, and you're gonna to have to How you can get out in front of people and whether that means speaking at conferences or writing papers or articles or doing videos or, you know, whatever that looks like, um, you know, that fits into your comfort level. And maybe you got to push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit, Mm -hmm. too. Um, But whatever that looks like, visibility is the key to um, leveling up your career.
0: Man, that is so good. I know we. Pro- I was experiencing a little bit of delay, but it that's so good. Visibility is the key, and I think that is so good for people to hear, especially in the STEM field, because like you said, we can get trapped inside of our bubble. We can get trapped mm-hmm. inside of um, what's comfortable and and making that environment what's conducive for how we stay in a cycle for however long we stay in that career. Yeah. Um, so how did you get out of the comfortability of just the cycle of, you know, going to work or, or going to class no. or what, whatever have you in your field and transitioning?
1: I just, I'm not going to say I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but but I was very, very unfulfilled in my work. Mm. Um, I, like you said, I was very comfortable at the money I was making, the lifestyle I was able to have because of the the job that I had and the work that I did. Um, but I just, I did not love the work itself. I, I never did, honestly. And, and I was never really motivated to look. Elsewhere. Like, you know, everybody's right. like, well, why didn't you leave your job? Because you know, I, you know, you you might not be able to tell, but I'm a little older than than <laughs> you are probably and, and and most of your listeners. Um, so you know, I came up in that first internet wave, that 90s dot com boom and and you know, Napster and Limewire and and all those, you know, MySpace and everything else was right. super popular. Um, and and a lot of my friends sort of jump ship from, you know, the company I worked for, which is a very, very traditional Fortune 500 company to go and work with some of these, you know, they, the startups of the time, basically. And, you know, I didn't even want to do that. I was just like, I was just so disillusioned with with the with the space altogether. I was just like, I got to get out of here. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just felt like I had to escape. You know what right. I mean? Like when a, when a wolf gets his paw caught in a in a a trap and you got to gnaw your paw off to get like that's that's how I felt that was the the level of um I don't want to call it anxiety necessarily but that was the the level of urgency I felt um at my job at that time was like I'm ready to gnaw off my paw to to get out of here um and you know I got an opportunity to be a model in a fashion show Wow. And yeah, a woman I worked out with, a woman I went to the gym with was the manager of a clothing store um, in Philadelphia. and um, you may be familiar with the dress barn. It was a pretty <laughs> popular store back in the day. I don't even know if dress barns are, are around anymore, but um, she was like, you know, oh, come be in my show, you know we'll put you in something cute, show you a little stomach off, whatever. <laughs> and you can get a discount on whatever you buy that night as a thank you wow. for being in the show. So I was like, I get to shop, sign me up. Right. And there was a woman there that, um, cause my friend had asked some of her, you know, regular people friends um, to, to come. But then she had a she had a woman that ran a, a modeling school. So this woman taught runway classes and, you know, posing or whatever they do at modeling schools. Um, she brought some of her students as well. And um, she and I got to talking afterwards and she's like, do you model full time professionally? You were so good. Oh my God, you could totally do this. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, I'm an engineer. What are you talking about? You know, I'm I'm not six foot tall. I'm not a size zero. I'm not, you know, blah, blah, blah. What I thought a model was, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, no, no. There's all kinds of different things you can do in the industry and blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, it was a little seed that got planted and, um, I went and had a conversation with her and and just started learning about the business and 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 everything I could do in the business. Um, and and the more I learned, the more I was like, mm, that book's interesting. Mm, right. I think I could do that. Mm, I could be on <laughs> TV what you're saying?, I'm right. saying yes. you know So you know, as I as I started kind of absorbing, you know, more information about about the about the media space, I was like I-, I think i might be able to do this however it was easily um five-ish years from the time from the first from the day of that uh fashion show to the day i walked out of my job for good wow. it was probably th- three to five years i, I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. um but at least three years if not five. So it was definitely a process of just doing more stuff, understanding where I could, you know, make a living in that space, you know, trying to be mindful and respectful of what I was doing already and, and finding that balance. And, you know, you get to the point where there is no more balance and you got to make a choice and, and then you put a plan in place to, to make the transition. So, um, but it all sort of stemmed from the idea that I just wasn't happy at my job
0: wow 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 that that's so cool, you know, being able to take that leap of faith after a while mm-hmm. and and go for something that you know may be scary to most, but you know it's something <laughs> that you know you can you know be proud of and not be frustrated doing um mm-hmm. so I wanted you on this this show because. If I could be transparent for a moment, you are a more seasoned me at this point. <laughs> when I look at you, I see myself on the same path that you spoke about going to school. Um, and I'm stepping into my fifth year, you know, earning an, ed- earning an education in STEM and potentially, you know, working a nine to five, you know, for 10 plus years. But it's individuals like myself um, who wonder, what's the end game? <laughs> right. maneuvering through you know what they call the glorified prison systems <laughs> but you know the the difference is is I started to already look at my future and, and you know question that right so um my question is you spent 13 years as assistant engineer for a fortune 500 company but you've done a complete 180 what yeah. are the steps you took to make that change
1: so again, it was it was very gradual. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, from the from the first day, from the first time I modeled in a fashion show to the time I you know left my badge on right. my manager's desk was a lot of time. Right. Um. But in in that time, you know, you're 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 making connections, you're networking. I had you know by the time I left my job, I had two different agents. I had an agent in Philadelphia and an agent in New York. Um right. And I uh, and and thankfully, you know, and I think, you know, most jobs would probably let you do some version of this. But, um, you know, as I started realizing that I didn't want to be there anymore. So I would say that was probably um, right about the two year mark. When I, two years before I actually walked out of the door was when I was just like, all right, I got to get a plan in place. So right. at that point, you know, I had three things I wanted to do. I um, refinanced my house, um, because I wanted to separate out my mortgage and my escrow, um, Mm. So that I could sort of manage them better, I was like, "Let me just make sure my mortgage gets paid. <laughs> right. Deal with this escrow, you know, creatively." <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, because I, I own a duplex and I have a tenant, so wow. you know, his the, the rent was paying the mortgage, right. but the escrow was another story. So I was like, "Let me just separate out, so I know that this mortgage is getting paid with this rent, and we'll worry about the escrow later." um So we did that. We refinanced. I refinanced my house. I um traded in my car to something smaller and more fuel efficient and cheaper because at the time i was driving a giant suv and you know putting like you know fifty dollars worth of gas at the time fifty dollars worth of gas was a lot now it's not but you know fifty dollars worth of gas in the car every week and 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 just you know burning up the miles and all the rest of that and i was like well you know when i leave this job i'm gonna you know, need a cheaper car. I'm going to need a better, you know, car that gets better gas mileage. I'm going to be here between here in New York and, and yada, yada, yada. So I downsized my car, which, you know, just broke my heart because I loved my truck. <laughs> um, and then I had a, a dollar amount that I wanted to have saved in the bank. You know, they suck about having that six month, you know, emergency fund or whatever. Right. I had a dollar amount that I wanted to have saved before I would leave that income. Um, you know, so, so that was what was happening over the process of that two years was, was me working what I call my three point plan. Um, but at the same time, because of the flexibility I had at my job, I was able to start cutting my hours back there. Um, they were, yeah, they, they have a very, very generous part-time policy, which I was like, y'all sure y'all want to do this? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't to ask no questions. Right. Because um, they, they at, at the time, I, you know, it may not be like this now, but at the time, you could actually cut your hours down there to 20 wow. and keep full benefits. What? That was the thing. Yes, <laughs> the benefits, the benefits, girl, they'll get you every time. Yeah. So I started, um, I started out, I went from 40 to 30. So I was doing, and then they, and then they were very, very, uh, they gave you a lot of latitude with how you could craft your hours. So as long as you got your hours in, they could sort of happen, however, made sense for you. Mm -hmm. So once I cut down to 30 hours a week, I worked three 10 hour days a week. So that gave me two extra days to, you know, go on auditions and, you know, do my resume and, and cut out headshots and all the rest of that stuff that I had to do. Then I cut down to 24 hours. So I did three eight hour days. Um, and then I cut down to 20. And so I did two 10 hour days. And so I had right. three days to pursue all my other stuff. And then, and even once I finally left, cause I left my job on March, like 28th, whatever the, the last Friday in March in 2007 wow. is, was my last day at my job. Um, and by then I was working 20 hours and 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 that month i had reached you know my three my three prong plan was 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 done you know the house the car the the money in the bank was yeah. all done um so it was like all right well it's it's time to go now you know you did you did you executed plan you did what you said you were going to do right. um but even then what i ended up doing was i took a leave of absence cuz they would let you take up to what? a year yeah you could take up to a year and 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 come back like nothing ever happened so i was just like let me just ease out you know in case this whole this whole tv modeling thing don't work out you know let me just ease out and then we'll see so left in march i said i'm gonna take the rest of the year basically so it was about nine eight eight months basically nine months Uh um i took a nine month leave of absence and i was like if i'm still you know, if I'm not homeless by the end of the year, <laughs> then yeah. then I will consider myself a working, you know, professional in the media business, entertainment business. Um, And then by December, by the end of December, two weeks before the end of the year, I gave my official two-week notice and, and never came back.
0: Wow. That is so huge. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you understand the how big that, I don't know that to me, that's, that's super huge. I hope everyone that's listening took down notes. You have to have a plan in place. You got to
1: have a plan. Yep. It
0: it doesn't work without a plan and making sure that you have all of your T's crossed and your I's dotted. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think that, oh man, that is so good and it's so layered and it's so, I think it's so good for us, us college students and those um, getting into life for us to yeah. hear that if you aren't in a place where you want to be taking those actions, you know, you know, just de- decreasing the expenses and you talk about having a duplex, that's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> having someone who can pay, you know, the mortgage on the house, that's, that's huge. So yeah. Keeping those 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 steps and those plans and and getting the execution ready before you you step out and you do something um, other than what your career is at the time is huge
1: and understanding that it's going to take time. You know what I mean? I think, you know, our culture anymore is very now very instantaneous, very viral. I want to go viral, I want to blow up and go viral and and be a millionaire tomorrow and it life just does not work like that. You know, mm-hmm. the, for the for the for the people who it may have worked out like that for you know, it's, it's, it's a a hundredth of 1%, you know what I mean? And it's a, it's a foundation built on sand. So it's like, you really want to, you know, take that time to, to execute fully and prepare yourself and, and, and figure out what you're going to need once you get to that next step. You know what I mean? A lot of people want to go viral, but if you went viral tomorrow, then what? You got a website ready to go? What are you talented at? What are you skilled at? Are you ready to create content every single day? You know what I mean? So like, are you even prepared for virality or or for whatever comes next? So it's that preparation that I think people, a lot of people want to skip that step um, and get right to the, you know, the good part. And and it just doesn't work that way.
0: Man, that's so good. That's actually one of my questions. Um, It's like how... As it relates to social media, I believe that the world is is growing to seek instant gratification.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How do you believe that this has impacted careers not only in STEM, but in careers like television?
1: it's tough because you know, especially in t v you know they you do in in some instances you are expected to come with a built in following mm-hmm. unfortunately and 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 sometimes you know having a following doesn't necessarily equate to having talent um so we see <laughs> yeah. a lot of people yeah. on television that you know don't necessarily have the requisite tools and 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 the training and the experience and haven't done the work. To, to be in the position that they're in. And, and, and then we all laugh and, and revel when they crash and burn or, or get canceled for something that, that they didn't know any better about in the first place. So, um, you know, I would love for, and I don't, I don't know that we'll go back to it, I hope we do, but I would love for, um, you know, television, entertainment, media, especially, not to be so dependent on, you know, clicks Um, Not to be so dependent on the numbers, on the followers, on the engagement, um, and really, you know... sort of hone in on people that are doing the work. You know, I I, I, tell, I tell a story all the time about, you know, how I became tech and it was in my TEDx as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was acting and modeling and, you know, doing a whole bunch of different stuff and in the entertainment industry. And, um, you know, was having some modicum of success. And once but once I decided to to flip back to tech, everybody was like, so? You know i was like i was on tv already i used to be here but now i do tech and you know put me back on tv and everybody and people were like no we don't know you you know what i mean how do wow. what, what kind of expert are you how do we know that you have any sort of experience in this and you know even me saying i have two engineering degrees didn't make a difference wow. you know and it wasn't until i had took a step back thought about you know looked at the people on TV that were talking about technology I was like what is it about them why do they get to do this right. it was the writer from Mashable the writer from TechCrunch the the tech writer for the New York Times you know right. the, the, the they were all in that space already in some capacity uh-huh. you know and then they got to go on tv and and give their expert opinion and, and whatever whatever i was like oh so that's what we are doing so that's what i did you know i started my own blog and then i was able to write for the root and then i was able to write for ebony and then I was it and then i was able to get on tv as a tech expert so it's like you know we 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 can't skip steps social media yeah. lets people skip steps and, you know, because you've put you've you've crafted this image, this brand, what whatever you want it to be is what you say it is, is what it is. Right. Um, but but there may not necessarily be anything behind it. Again, it, it may be a, a, a brand built on a sand foundation and, you know, you don't know until it collapses, you know, right. and nobody knows until it collapses. But I, I hope that we can get back to a place where, you know the the foundation matters and and counts for something. Do you believe
0: we're missing a lot of the the good people um that need to be at the forefront because of the um clicks and because of the shall I say viral moments?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think there are tons of good people out there that will will never get a shot and will never get looked at because they're not doing things specifically to cultivate a following they're there i mean i look at i look at myself you know what i'm saying like yeah. uh, like yes i'm on television and 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 verified on social media but i only have fourteen thousand instagram followers i don't have a million instagram followers and and you know twitter is even less and facebook is even less than that you know what i'm saying so it's 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 a function of of me you know being intentional about the type of information i put out there mm-hmm. you know I could post a selfie every day and have two hundred fifty thousand followers tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Because because I see that in how it works. It's like when I when I put a video up here telling you how to do something and and change this privacy setting because they're taking your data. You know yeah. that gets two views. But when I post the selfie, you know when I had my makeup done that day and and was particularly you know fetching. <laughs> uh, that that's getting that's getting all the engagement. So I know what works. I know right. what I could do you know if that was and I apologize for that uh siren you hear I know what I could be doing if just getting a following was my um objective but that's not my objective you know my objective is education and Mm -hmm. and 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 the people and I want the people that find me and follow me to to do so because they they get something out of the content that I produce yeah. um, and they care about the content I produce. So, you know, it, it's just going to take, like I said, it's just going to take a little longer yeah. because, yeah. you know, it it's not a foundation that is built on sand. Man, that is so good.
0: That is so good. It's not a foundation that's built on sand. You guys make sure that your foundation is not built on sand, build it on solid Amen. ground, build it on, you know, concrete, something else, but sand <laughs> so that we don't collapse or go into something called quicksand.
1: <laughs> that part.
0: So you've transitioned into being the tech life expert. Um, why, did, why did you feel it was important to break the barriers of understanding technology and changing the way we view our brands?
1: I think you know you you saw it happen, you know, once once that iPhone came out, that was it. You know, everybody was on their phones. Um but it was just a a a tidal wave, I think, of of functionality, if you will. Just yeah. as, as as it relates to technology, all of a sudden we could do all these things Mm. in the palm of our hands, you know, and, 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 and it, and it just became, it it really did become overwhelming. You know, my, I talked to my friends, I talked to my parents, you know, just people in general, like, how do I, how do I, I don't know. I don't know. And then, you know, you start, and then here comes social media. And yeah. now the parents are, are completely overwhelmed because the kids just automatically know how to do all these things and 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 they feel left behind. So there was just a, a, a void there, I think, um, of people that actually wanted to help. I, I felt like, you know, at the time, the Mashables and the tech crunches of the world were very enamored of startup culture. That That was, and now this is, you know, post nineties internet and now we're at Facebook and and Twitter and these startups that are, you know, about to become unicorns and and they're right on the cusp of, of greatness. Right. And 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 those those, you know, very popular and prominent tech blogs at least seem to be, you know, solely concerned with who raised a series A this week and, and who got, you know, VC money and, and, and what was coming out of the Valley and what's the latest word from Andreessen Horowitz and, 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 you know, and, and the average person doesn't know about any of that and doesn't care. They don't, you know, they just want to know, like, how am I going to save some money with this thing in my hand? You know, (laughs) this little gadget thing that I don't really even know how to use all the way. So how am I saving money with this? What am I doing on my laptop to keep viruses from from infecting my computer how am i going to keep my kids you know off of facebook and 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 putting nude pictures all over the internet and stuff like that so you know it just didn't feel like and 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 don't get me wrong there it it wasn't that no one was doing it but it just didn't feel like anybody had a a loud and prominent enough voice and there definitely wasn't enough people that looked like me doing it um so it was just like let's let's see what we can do, you know, let's see if we can make a, a a place in this in this ecosystem for for me, and and it was just a a matter of 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 will and 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 perseverance, and and that was it. Super
0: important, may I add, <laughs> because people do need that information, and um, I think it's going to be more needed as we progress with technology because it's starting yes. to 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 blow up <laughs> and um that the metaverse like,
1: is coming <laughs>
0: yeah man 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 that is a whole another show because man that that's something that definitely needs to be discussed but um mm-hmm. from your perspective how has technology changed the world you know from the pandemic making everyone resort to being more tech-based to elon musk <laughs> acquiring twitter
1: one of God. the biggest
0: social network platforms
1: I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. Um, The deal has still not gone through. They're still waiting to, he wants verification of the number of bots and fake accounts on Twitter. And and I don't think he's going to be happy with any number that Twitter gives him. I honestly, personally, don't think he ever really wanted to buy Twitter. I think Mm -hmm. he wanted to try to force Twitter into doing some things that he wanted them to do. Right, as far as moderation, content moderation, the edit button, you know, and different things like that. I think he wanted to try to force their hand um, and thought they might hurry up and make these changes before he actually had to take possession of the company. Um, you know, I, I feel like this whole uh, I need to make sure that the number of fake users is not. I think that's just an excuse for him to back out of this deal. I think we're I don't think we're going to see this deal go through, but we'll see. Um yeah. Yeah, but uh, (laughs) technology has, you know, it's it's connected us in a way that that we were never able to be connected before. Um, It's it's propagated information um, across the globe the way in a way that it's never been able to be propagated before. So, you know, it's literally revolutionized the way we learn, the way we communicate. Uh, the way we date, it's it, it, it's 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 revolutionized it's kind of the way we do everything. Right. I mean, honestly, like think about something that you have to do tomorrow. <laughs> like yeah. it, you're you're going to use a tech solution most likely to do it, or or you could, you yeah. know, for anything that you need to do, there's probably a tech solution um, that that could do it, even if it's just a matter of, um, you know, googling something on the internet, like before we had to call people or, or look in the phone book or, you know, whatever. So it, it is absolutely revolutionized the way we live our lives completely. Um, but that's not necessarily a good thing all the time. Right. Um, you know, I think with the amount of, of misinformation that's out there um, with the way that people are able to, you um, sink to the lowest common denominator instantaneously mm-hmm. um that's a problem be you know especially for young people and and the way that you can bully someone now um in a way that you couldn't before um so it it it's been it's been society's biggest blessing and biggest curse at the same time
0: yes that is so true it's funny i was having a conversation with my dad um i think this was yesterday he was like You know, back then they had to send word. Now we just send a text (laughs) message.
1: (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. And it's like we we love all the conveniences, but but they've come at a cost. They've absolutely come at a cost.
0: Yes, they have. (laughs) Um, So from your 60 second tech breaks till death, do you tweet? What is the common misconception that individuals have or are having about navigating technology and social media?
1: That their presence on it doesn't matter. Um, I think people think that they can use the internet anonymously and without consequence, and that's just not true. Um, you know, you can do so. There are things you can do. Obviously, you can. You know use a VPN or, you know, be on the dark web or, or whatever to kind of conceal your identity. But the, but the average person's not doing that, you know, I'm talking about the average person that just logs on for whatever reason, you know, business, work, pleasure, whatever. Um, They think that, that their presence on internet doesn't matter and and they're wrong (laughs) right right. your digital footprint is a thing it is absolutely a thing And, and it and it's so important and 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 people just don't even realize how deep um the rabbit hole goes like i was at an event the other day and and there was a company um i sit on the board of an organization that uh brings tech companies and, and venture capital and, and stuff together in the Philadelphia region. And we were at our, at our award show and, um, and there was one of the companies that had been nominated for, for one of the awards um, was a company that tracked the metrics for insurance companies. So okay. say that you're filling out a insurance application. Um, Or like filing a claim, like say you 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 claimed you were in a car accident and you're filling out this claim and, you know, you 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 hover around the amount of damages you want to claim. Right. You know what I mean, right. like you sit there, like you don't fill that in right away, like 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 they're tracking that you filled in your name and your you know address and all that stuff and 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 that took the the normal amount of time that it should take, but when you get to the point where you're feeling you know where, where it's like how much are you claiming was damaged or whatever, you hesitate right, and then you put a number in like you know maybe there's a drop down menu and it's like you know zero to ten thousand or but da da and you pick one and then you keep going. But then you go back up and you change it to something higher. Wow. They've tracked that. Right. And they're going to give that information to that insurance company to investigate as potential fraud. Mm. Because you changed it. But first of all, you you took too long to answer because you sat there and you looked at those options on that dropdown and you was thinking, what should I put? Do I think I can get a little bit more money for this car, even though it would right. only worth and I can get 20 out of them. You know, you sat there and thought about that. And you put a number that you felt comfortable with and was probably the honest number, but then you started, you know, filling out some more stuff. You was like, well, maybe I could go and tell them that, you know, the bumper fell off too and get another $5,000. You know what I mean? So you scroll back up and you change that number. They've tracked all of that data. Wow. That's what this company does that, that was at this, uh, this, this event I was at, they track all of that sort of, you know interaction and engagement with websites and give it back to companies so you know so i say all that to say the idea that your digital footprint doesn't matter is just false you know what i mean because this is the level of granularity they're using now to track literally everything you do facebook's been been keeping been saving the the stuff you delete for years mm-hmm. so if you get on and you, you get an angry rant going and you're commenting on somebody's thing and it, ah, and then you decide well you know what that's not very nice that's not a very nice thing to say or that may be considered a threat to somebody or whatever and you just you know backspace to delete all of it. they've already saved that yeah. and they're going to save it you know what i'm saying so you know we we need to understand that every single thing yeah. we do on the internet is a data point yeah. that can be saved and that can be sold wow. every single thing we do you know what i mean the the, the 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 speed at which you scroll on tiktok and instagram so you're you're scrolling i don't like that i don't want to I, I don't like her no way i want to see her post but then you slow down on something and you read then you oh that's interesting that's a data point Wow. You know, it is it, so. It, so, we, we really have to understand that literally, like, literally every single thing, the way we interact with our phones and with the internet, every single thing we do that relates to the internet is a data point that can be sold and, and, and can potentially be used against you. So it's just something to think about. I mean, you don't want to necessarily have to live your life worrying about how fast you filled out an insurance, you know, form. However, (laughs) you need to be mindful that this is something that is a data point that could be sold, that could be used against you. You know what I mean? Like, 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 and I don't think enough people give enough weight to that idea you know and 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 because most people aren't trying to scam anybody or aren't trying to do bad things or 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 whatever but when the potential is there to to track every bit of your activity on on a on a particular medium like the internet you know what does that say for our future and and how we may be able to be controlled or manipulated or or policed Right. or monitored via the, via this medium, you know? So it, it's, it's just something to think about because, you know, I think we're going to see going forward, especially like facial recognition and, and everything else, it, 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 it's going to look a lot, society's going to look a lot different um, yeah. in the coming years. So we just need to be prepared for it.
0: That is so true. I think you posted something the other day where, you know, a post that you made on your story was like, hundred and something weeks old and someone was
1: able to like it like where they do that at this is supposed to last 24 hours and go (laughs) away like how are you bringing this back up so so little stuff like that you know what i mean just just how much data that we give away how it gets stored how it can be used it's just we we are just at the tip of the iceberg with that right now we really are
0: yes man it's it's scary and it's information Mm -hmm. that we all need to know That's right. Listen, take your social media or your digital footprint very seriously. That's right. So you've had tons of success in your journey through your career. Um, What is one thing that engineering... I'd
1: say. (laughs) Tons seem strong, but okay, I receive it. (laughs) Well,
0: you know... I feel like I've
1: had some success.
0: Listen, I think that some success is... Well, I, I'd say it's relative because for me, when I'm looking from outside looking in, you it looks like you've had a, a lot of success. But you <laughs> well, you, thanks. you knowing yourself, you know what it took to get there. You know the hoops and the, the hurdles that you had to jump. So, um, listen, I want to encourage you and, and allow you to know that it's time. It's time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I receive that. I receive yes, that.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> what is one thing that engineering acting, being a tele, uh, TV personality, an online presence and tech life expert taught you? What's like um, one, one cohesive thing that all of those things has taught you?
1: Wow, that's a great question. Like, what have I learned? I, I think from all of that, just to never give up, honestly. It, it sounds so cliche and, and so basic, but but honestly, like, you really don't, win. <laughs> you know, it, there, there, there is no actual formula for mm. success. I, I reject anybody's notion that this, you know, and, and a lot of people are making a lot of money on, <laughs> on these internets, on Al Gore's internet, yes. trying to sell you the formula for success. They'll tell you that by my course, and if you follow these five steps you will be successful and and maybe you will and maybe you won't um and and you know there there are a lot of books been written there there are tons of motivational speakers tony robbins has built an entire career on on formulas for success um but i would uh reject that notion and say that the only way to be successful is to never Wow. You know, you can do a lot of different stuff. You can follow that that five-step, you know, $1,000 class you bought, but you still have to work at it and you still have to work at it until it works. You know, it it's probably not going to work the, the first time out. You know, you got to try it again and try well, man, I got to, you know, it you got to pivot, you got to think about, well, where let me regroup and, you know, hit it from this angle like that literally is the, you know, my journey is not going to be the same as your journey is not going to be the same as someone else's journey. I can sit here and talk all day about, you know, my three prong plan of saving money and refinancing mortgages and everything else. But somebody may not take that path and and, and that may not even apply. and may not even be relevant for them, mm-hmm. you know, but all I can tell you that I did do throughout this entire process. The only thing I actually, you know, did do in in the midst of all of the activity that was happening was not quit. You mm-hmm. know, because there were plenty of times where I was like, okay, I don't think this shit is working. Um, <laughs> maybe I should just go back and get a job, or maybe I should just, you know, when I when I got to QVC, I worked I worked for HP as the spokesperson on QVC for mm-hmm. two years. Um, and when I when I got that job, you know i kind of felt like wow okay (sighs) i can breathe again you know i got direct deposit again and i got some health care and i'm making good money and i'm on tv you know regularly and 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 you know all this pursuit of of you know because this was actually right before i got on national television. So mm-hmm. I had been trying to get to national television. I had been doing Fox 29 in, in Philadelphia, uh-huh. you know, for a while at that point. And I had been trying and trying and trying and trying to get up to that next level and and get on national TV. And it just it just wasn't happening at the time for whatever reason. Um, so when I when I got that job with HP, I was like, bet, you know, it's, it's QVC, it's QVC. Right. It's, 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 technically national television, you know what I mean? And, 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 and so, you know, I, I I sort of exhaled, um, and, 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 and may have just stayed there forever. You know, I could still be working there now, um, you know, if, if, if I was so inclined, but, you know, my goal was always to be on a nationally syndicated daytime television show, you know? And so I just, I couldn't give that up. And, and just settle, you know, for, for a six-figure job on QVC, um, as great as it was. And, I mean, you know, it was, it was great, but I, I, that wasn't my goal. That wasn't my ultimate goal. So I couldn't settle for that. And, and so, you know, like I said, just in, in everything that I've been able to do, the only commonality um, that runs through all of it is that I didn't stop going. Man,
0: that's it. Don't stop. Don't
1: quit. I wish I had some other sort of you know what I mean we can we can talk all day about the, the importance of prayer and 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 the importance of mentors and the importance of you know uh, uh, a bo- your personal board of directors as they always come up. We can talk all day about all of those things and, and they are all important and mm-hmm. they all help and and they all I, I can say that they've all contributed to my success absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: however, you know, the only reason that I've been able to do what I've been able to do is because I just didn't stop.
0: That's so good. I think that's the common threading. And you talked about, you know, cliche themes. I think it's important to hear those because mm-hmm. if, if we don't take it in, if we don't drink it in, how will we, you know, have new topics to talk about? Not stopping <laughs> is the foundation, like we talked about, not being mm-hmm. on sand, not stopping. You know, pushing through the barriers and the things that you That's have to right. go through. So that is so good. I I appreciate And that. things are
1: cliches for a reason. You know yeah. what I mean? They're cliches because everybody says them. So, you know, everybody can't be wrong.
0: Man, listen, tell them again. Everybody can't be wrong. You got to listen at some point and not to yes. stop. Li- listen, don't stop. So we're wrapping up here. But on this show, I like to talk a lot about passion and purpose how Mm -hmm. do you feel you differentiate the two because you have what most people deem as success. Listen, at least for me, (laughs) Um, I'm receiving it. It's all good. um, (laughs) So how do you differentiate the two?
1: I think passion is, um, I want, it can be fleeting. Um, you can be passionate about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Passion is sand, honestly. Purpose is stone. Mm. So, you know, passion comes and goes. It's like, all right, I'm passionate about this. I'm very passionate. But what happens when you're not passionate about it anymore? You know, does it go away? Do you stop doing it? Do you stop serving? You know, um, but purpose is is foundational. Purpose is found. My purpose is to serve, and and I choose to serve by helping people understand technology that that's that's my gift so my talent is is helping people understand technology um so i i choose to serve and so you you do that whether you want to or not you know what i mean i I create content when i don't feel like creating content all the time, you right. know, I, I, I post videos when I don't necessarily feel like posting video, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you get, you get a little tired, you get burnout and, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, when you, when you get to moments where you need to take a break, definitely take a break. Right. Self-care is real. Um, but this is not something that, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, today, I think I want to be a sheep herder. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it, you know, passion is, is whims. You know, you fall you you can you can fall to whim when you're when you're when you're only chasing the things that you're passionate about. Right. Now you you hope that your passion and your purpose align. And for me, thankfully they do. I'm I'm very passionate about helping people understand technology. And and that is part of what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can't be the only thing because it's not sustainable. So you have to figure out, you know, what you really care about um enough to do when you don't feel so passionate about it
0: yes that's so good when passion flies out the window what can you sit there and say Hmm. this is what my purpose is this is what my my gift is
1: that's That's it passion burns out sometimes
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah that's so good so what's next for you
1: so um I, I do have a podcast that I'm, I'm pretty, pretty uh, happy with. It's called the Tech John. Um, speaking of QV, QVC, I may actually be doing some content creation for them, um, sort wow. of in a more influencer capacity uh, coming up um, on their streaming channel. They're launching a uh, they have a streaming channel. In addition to the, the channels they have on television, they have a streaming channel. So I'll be doing some content for them for that. Um, I am working on a college tour for "Till Death Do You Tweet" for the fall, okay. and uh, and 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 starting to kick around what a second book looks like.
0: Wow! Listen, and then you want to tell me that you don't have tons? <laughs> that is so much, and that is so great. Listen, big ups to you um, in all that you do. How can people follow you?
1: All around the web at Tech life stuff. feel free to send me a dm or, or or anything just shout me out
0: that's great if you can leave my listeners with one thing what would it be
1: um hang in there it's it's, it's going to be hard expect it to be hard um but understand that you only win if you don't quit
0: that's it that and, is and, and,
1: be, and be prepared to do the work that's it, it. It's, it's about the work
0: expect the it to day. be hard mm-hmm. and do the work to get there
1: Yep. that's yep.
0: it thank you so much Miss Stephanie for coming on it's a perspective I can't wait for all that you have in store and everyone please stay connected with Miss Humphrey because listen this is only the beginning for her and all I have to say is Miss Tech Life step. Keep your perspective because it definitely looks good on you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure.
0: Thank you.